Thank you for joining us today. This is Clint Byers, lead pastor of Forward Church. I pray this message blesses and encourages you. I hope it inspires transformative grace in your heart and establishes you even deeper in your new covenant identity in Christ. Now take a deep breath, become aware of God's spirit within you, and enjoy the message. One of my favorite messages is this message. I usually try to preach it around the beginning of the year in kind of my purpose series. It gets repackaged a little differently each year, but it's a big question. What's in your hands? The story of Moses, right? He's adopted by the Egyptian family. He's raised in the Pharaoh's family. He feels like he's called once he finds out who he really is, and he jumps out and tries to fulfill his calling on his own and kills people. Runs and hides, and 40 years later, then steps back into what he's actually called to do for the next 40 years, right? And in that time, he is out looking for a lamb, steps before the burning bush. The whole conversation happens there. And when Moses gets down to the point where he's like, okay, I think I'm ready to move forward. I've asked all all my questions. I'm still a little bit hesitant, but how are we going to do this, Lord? And he says, so God asks him, what's in your hands. And it's so powerful, and there's so much meat in that, because he doesn't say, go do all of this stuff. He just says, let's start where you're at. And I can just see it. Like, I try to visualize these moments, right? And I can just see, you know, Moses is standing there. And Can you imagine? I mean, can you imagine? The manifest presence of God before that was even a thing is there, and it's speaking to you. And he's like, what's in your hands? And I can see Moses going, well, I got this stick here, you know. But, you know, and it's like so uh, nominal, so uh, potentially meaningless. And it almost sarcastic. I doubt he was being sarcastic. But it's like, well, I got a stick, you know. Like, but think about that. What if he had a toothpick in his hand? (laughs) What if he had a rock in his hand? You know what I mean? I mean, think about that. What, what if he had something else in his hand? Now, the staff means something. I get that. But, but in that moment, a, a dead piece of wood, a dead piece of wood is what he responds to. Well, I've got this staff. God says, here we go. You're slightly open. You're responding to me in an affirmative manner. Let's use that. Let's go, right? And he starts to move forward. Now, a lot, I've had a lot of people come to me and start things because of that type of message and that mindset and, and launch out and move forward. And praise God for that. That's the goal. But I also don't want you to forget about God just because you got something in your hands that God is using. Like you're not just limited to that thing that's in your hands. Amen. He's bigger than the stick in your hand. He'll use it. He wants you to lever, open up your heart based on where you are in that moment. He'll use what's there, but he's so much bigger than that. You know? So you're not limited to what's in your hands. Start with what's in your hands, move forward, take steps, but you're not just limited to that. In other words, it's not just up to you. You're co-laboring with God. He will go to work for you, and he's pretty smart, and he's pretty powerful. Amen? So... This, was, this is very simple, very clear, very simple, but this is what I heard. Work hard, be diligent, but don't forget about God. Right? 
Like if you find, you know, everybody's watching Josh and Melissa over here. They're starting an auto detail business because that's what's in his hands. Praise God, it seems to be thriving. A little plug, louder milk, whatever, car wash. No, executive detail is what it is. <laughs> uh, but it's like I've watched them navigate, you know, bumps, and, and, and it's like, well, let's just keep going. Well, this is in our hands now. Let's go here, right? It's like work hard. If you've got a job and your pay is cut at 50% right now, just continue to move, work hard at what you can, be diligent, but don't forget about God. Like really, like for real. When you're making your decisions about how you're going to feel about the future, because that's what we do. We make decisions about the future, but then we also make decisions about how we feel about the future. Some of us are like, well, I guess I'm just going to have to find a new job. I'm 60-something years old and going to start all over again. Well, you get to decide how that's going to affect you. Don't forget about God in a moment like that because He can do something that far passes your expectations and what you think is possible. Amen? Amen. So this is, this is what I want us to meditate on, and, and I'll, I'll, go ahead, I'll give you this homework. And the whole psalm... If you want to flip to Psalm 103, is amazing. But I want to focus on the first five passages. And it's, I mean, let's just read this. It's incredible. This, this is who God is. And it's right in line with what you're talking about, you know. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. That's a choice. That is a choice. You bless the Lord with everything that's in you. Amen? Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of his benefits. This is him talking to himself. You, self, don't forget about his benefits. That's what's happening here. Grab a hold of yourself. Snatch yourself by the back of the neck and say, Hey, what, do you, what, do you, what is going on with you? Don't forget about God's benefits. Am I the only one that does that? Like, I don't necessarily actually snatch my neck, but, you know, it's like, snap out of it, man. Come on. I do this thing where I kind of, like, will step, like, in my mind, kind of go through this process, almost like a meditation process. If I'm facing something that feels a little too heavy, I'll, I'll kind of imagine myself stepping outside of myself, yep. and I look at myself, and I think, what would I say to that guy? Right. <laughs> and, and then I get God's word on it and, and receive it. And it kind of helps you minimize even whatever it is that you're in the middle of, right? I'm not talking about astral projection or any of that kind of nonsense. I'm just a little meditative exercise to kind of detach yourself from the emotion of the situation, recapture God's perspective, and bring it back to yourself, right? So forget not his benefits. Now, these are the benefits. Who pardons all your iniquities, who heals half of your diseases, Oh, excuse me. All. Now, I, you know, we all face loss. Very tragic, difficult, life-altering loss, and you, you almost never get over it. And that's, that's the reality of this broken situation. I get that. But this is who God is, and this is what he says about himself. So we can either believe about him, what we've gone through, or who he says that he is. 
Now, when you don't experience what he says is possible, don't judge him. Don't judge yourself. Right. We're in a broken world. You know, it, it's, it's hard. I mean, you know, I feel like I'm still grieving, you know, a few people. And it's like, it's hard. But God is who he is. And his desire is to heal all disease. That shows me that we have a part to play to believe, right? So this testimony, this word, it really is. And so then we get offended at the word. I'm telling you, I've offended a lot of people by telling them God always wants to heal all disease. Well, are you telling me that I didn't have enough faith? No, that's not what I'm... First off, it's not my role to tell you anything. But what would God say to you? And I love what Sebastian said because the Lord asked him, well, what do you believe? Josh says the Lord asked him, is there anything too hard for me? Those are the kinds of questions God's going to ask you. Now, those are incredibly offensive questions. They just are. You can become offended at the word. It's very difficult. I, I get it. But what are we going to do? Are we just going to water down who God we think God really is? You know, that, that's the hard part. That's the hard work of faith is not compromising who God says he is in spite of what you've been through and are going through and might still come to based on. I don't think we've yet seen the most difficult part of the economic collapse. I don't know if I want to call it a collapse. You know, I don't want to put that out there. But, but there are some industries. I know people that their industries are directly related to professional sports, and it doesn't look like that's even going to happen for a while. So everybody's calibrating and adjusting. And you know, here, here's what's cool. I know several people that their jobs have been, you know, basically are gone. And because of where they are with the Lord, they've just shifted and are actually excited about what's next for them. You look a lot at a lot of the world and it's like, oh my gosh, my pension is going away. My retirement might go away. I'm only getting this percentage of my income. And it's like, do you think God's limited to your pension? I, I understand how difficult that might be. I, I'm not trying to minimize your situation, but God's bigger than that. Like that's just, if that's not real to you, I'm sorry. It is to me. Forget none of his benefits, who pardons all your iniquities. Praise God for that. Who heals. Otherwise, we'd be worrying about how we're going to come up with money to buy those sacrificial animals to take down to the temple. Like, how would we come up with that money? Because some of y'all are increasing in your sinful behaviors right now. You might need a little bit more sacrifice going on. You done run yourself into the ground with all those sacrifices you've been having to buy run down to the temple. But, praise God, new covenant, it pardons all your iniquities. Does that mean sin is okay? No, of course not. We're not going to go back into that right now. Anyway, who heals all of your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit. I mean, think about that. What does that mean to you? God. Don't forget his benefits. God redeems your life from the pit. Some people, the pit's coming. Some people, you're in the pit. He redeems you. Do you believe that? It's up to you. This is the hard work of faith when you read something like that. You have to, you have to, that's repentance inwardly. You're changing how you're responding to something like that in the word of God. 
A lot of people have these giant systematic theological structures built upon their brains that they've got to filter stuff like this through and they have all of these answers that seem to make sense because they are spoken by really smart people. Some people just go through something and make a decision about God. Well, he could. here's one that's really challenging. God could have healed Ravi, but he chose not to. So you talk to people about healing. Well, is it God's will to heal? Well, yeah. And if he wanted to, he would. So he must not have wanted to for that one. That is, I just don't get that logic. It doesn't make sense to me. I see him wanting it for all. Think, think about this. If, if you cut your hand, what do you expect to happen? It's going to heal over. Might even be a little bit scar there, right? You break some bones. What's going to happen? Everybody breaks a bone, expects it to heal. Now, there might be that small section of people that have issues with their bones. I get that. But in general, you break a bone, what do you expect? You cut your hair. Some of you. What's going to happen? Break a toe. Other than those few profanities you got to repent for. We were burning a pile in the yard one day, and there was a there was kind of a decent-sized stick, and I walked up to it, and I thought I was just going to kick it into the fire. Well, it didn't move. My toe moved, and it hurt for like a year. Anyway. <laughs> That's the anyway. But think about that. He redeems your life from the pit. See, these, think about the word. I love the word of God. I love how God communicates. He goes from very specific things, forgiving you and healing you, to this, now he's speaking to your heart. Now he's speaking emotional, poetic language to lift up your soul, to grab a hold of your thoughts and lift you up, right? A very specific healing. And then he goes into this kind of poetic metaphor uh, of redeeming you from the pit. He crowns you with loving kindness and compassion. What, would it, what does it look, why, why is he saying that in the midst of this? Because he, I, think, I think God knows that when you're, so this is a person going through difficulty. Follow me here for a minute, okay? Here's a person going through difficulty. He's willing to get a hold of himself and shift his thinking back on the Lord. He remembers some specifics, and then in the midst of it, the character of God is revealed in that he also lays loving kindness on you. So the environment in which when you are having difficulty, that you turn your heart back to the Lord, the Lord responds with a loving kindness and with compassion. Do you see that? Like, He didn't have to do that. He didn't have to give you God's attitude towards you when you are seeking Him in difficulty. But He did. And it's compassion and loving kindness. God's not looking at you through the eyes of judgment. He already did that to Christ for you. You are free. Amen? I, 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 he didn't have to do that. He didn't have to tell you God's emotions for you in the middle of you trying to seek Him, but He did. He crowned, what, now, so what does that look like? Better yet, what does that feel like? Because a lot of people just read the Word and appreciate the, the poetry, 
and the imagery, but what if God is actually crowning you with compassion, like His compassion? Who satisfies your years with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. That's our God. That is who He is. Those are benefits that you shouldn't forget, especially in the upcoming weeks and months as we transition into even maybe more economic difficulty. Don't forget His benefits. He's going to heal you. He's satisfies your years with good things. He renews your youth. He loves you and has compassion on you the entire way, and he delivers you from the pit. I mean, you know, it's just kind of all-encompassing. Amen? Amen? Take this particular passage, this section at least, and meditate on that this week, specifically in relation to whatever it is that you're about to go through. Those of you that are watching online, listening, whatever, you're in different parts of the world even. Think about what's ahead of you and then like step above it with this mindset and then look back down on what it is that you're going through. This is transcendent. This will lift your heart and your mind up out of the mess that you're in the midst of. And it gives you a hope that can compel you through the difficulty and the challenge. And that's what we have to do. We have to be able to get a hold of ourselves like he did. Bless the Lord. Quit complaining. And you're looking in the mirror, right? What are you thinking? Stop it. Bless the Lord. Because when you believe, then everything's possible. Like this is, this, that's what this is tailor-made to do, is get you to a place where you will, will, where you will believe rather than questioning and doubting and strategizing based on what you're going through, trying to figure out what's my next step. you got to make those decisions. You know, don't forget, work hard, be diligent, right? Like whatever's in your hands, work hard, consistently. Amen? But you're not limited to that. You're not limited to that. Give God the chance to encourage you and lift you up and bless you in the midst of it by opening your heart. That's the hard work of faith. That's the mature work of faith is to repent from a state of repentance, lay down what you're in the midst of, change your mind and be willing to believe something that you have no clue can come to pass in your life. But you know who God is. Like we just, we can't forget that. So a couple of last statements. Don't forget his benefits while you're reaping temporary benefits from what's currently in your hands, right? Don't think that you're just limited to that thing that you're doing. Now, here's the question that I want to leave you with. So that you're, because, and I'm talking a lot about jobs right now. I'm referring to jobs, but if you have difficulty in your job, you've either lost your job, your pay's been cut, your job is uncertain for the future, do this. Walk through this exercise here and think about what benefits are in my life that are not from my job. My wife, my spouse, my husband, my children, my, my house, my whatever, right? Now, you're, 
Think about all of the stuff that's in your life that didn't come from your job. The goal and the point would be so that you're thankful for the things that are not bought with money. You're thankful for the things that are not touched by your job. Because your job issues are coming, and you're going to have to make some decisions, and you might have to change careers, and you might have to do something that you don't like for a couple of years till you get to that place where you do experience all those benefits and that incredible blessing. It might happen overnight. It might take five years. Who cares? What are you going to do in the midst of it, right? Yeah, there might be some loss. There might be some difficulty. But, I mean, you know, because a lot of times those of us that have faith kind of are, are like a bit unrealistic, it's like sometimes we think faith means, well, nothing bad's ever going to happen to me. Oh, wait, that was really bad. What does that mean? <laughs> bad things will happen to you. Jesus said it. In the world, you're going to have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. Amen? I mean, let's choose to believe. Let's choose to not give up. Let's choose to not forget his benefits. Take some time, go through this psalm. The entire psalm is really good. And remember, there are, there's, because you're going to get to a part where it talks about those who fear him receive benefit. And remember that Jesus, when he quoted that Old Testament type of verbiage, he changed it to worship. And anytime you see fear in the Old Testament, you can change it to the word worship because Jesus did. And he's God, and I think he's got the legal right to do so. Amen. So fear means reverently worship. And that's actually what it meant to them also. If you go back and you do a Hebrew study, it's not be afraid of him, although they were afraid of him in a lot of ways. And people are still afraid of God. I had an argument up with, God, with a guy who thought, you're supposed to be scared of God. It's healthy. It keeps you on task. And I'm like, that's the most legalistic, dumb thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> you're being afraid of God is going to make you do the right thing? What? Let's talk about your dad. Some of you got that. The counselor's in the room like, yeah. <laughs> Forget not his benefits. Think about, just think about that. Forget not his benefits. And make that decision for yourself. I will not forget his benefits. Specifically those of you that are going through, about to go through job changes or, or whatever it might be, don't forget his benefits. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that there is nothing impossible for you. And, and just even the fact that we even question <laughs> if you can change things in this world, how silly of us. How silly of us to not give you credit for the power to do anything and everything. Yes, in this time right now, you've given mankind dominion over this planet. We are in a, a relationship of co-laboring with you. But you said, you said, all things are possible for those who believe. We thank you for your word that conditions our heart and our mind to believe. Not for our own selfish gain, but so that you would be glorified, so that you would be people, so that we would be people who let you work in our lives, and then we can turn to the world around us and say, don't worry, you can trust the Lord. Don't worry. He has good plans for you. Don't worry. He loves you. He has compassion for you. And he is seeking to deliver you from this difficult situation. Don't forget about his benefits. Look at my life. I didn't forget. And I'm walking through. Everything's not perfect, but I trust him and I'm moving. Father, we thank you that the church is free. 
Thank you that the church is taking the responsibility to trust you beyond our carnal structures. And we show the world that you're true and you're real and you're kind and you're a good father. We will not forget your benefits. Amen. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. And thank you to those of you who support Forward Ministries financially. You truly are changing the way the world sees God. You're helping people detox from performance-based religion and experience God's love for them. We're committed to helping you renew your mind so you'll experience transformation and move forward in every area of your life. I pray you're making this heart journey. Visit my website at clintbyers.com for hundreds of free teachings and articles that will empower you to renew your mind and put on your eternal identity in Christ. I'm especially excited about my tools for transformation that have original music and modern technology designed to help you slow down and connect with the Spirit of God in your heart. I'd like to invite you to partner with Forward Ministries. Help us continue to spread the gospel and develop resources that are empowering people to grow in their identity in Christ. Thank you again for joining me. I pray God's blessings and promises over you and your family today.